Hello and welcome to Safeguarding Soundbites. This is the podcast for catching up on all the week's most important online safeguarding news. And for finding advice and getting top tips on some common safeguarding concerns. My name's Colin. And I'm Natalie. And as always, let's start off with some social media news. Natalie, what's been happening this week? Okay, so this week it came to light that Twitter is set to leave the EU code of practice on disinformation. Now, I know that may sound very boring, but bear with me because it could actually have some significant safeguarding impacts for young people. Okay, I'm listening. Good. So, the EU code of practice on disinformation is an agreement that all the major platforms operating within the European Union have signed to say, basically, we promise to stick to our obligations to fight fake and false information circulating on our platform. That encompasses a range of obligations, from reducing the number of malicious bots and deepfakes on their platforms and empowering fact-checking communities, but it really boils down to penalising, removing and reducing disinformation. And disinformation is purposely spreading information that is known to be incorrect. Yes. So misinformation is information that is wrong, but that could be accidental. When you're spreading disinformation, there's an intent there, and it's pretty much never a good intent. It could be to damage someone's reputation, to influence politics, or to con or scam people. At the minute, the EU code of practice is voluntary. Companies like Meta, TikTok, and Google have all signed up. And Twitter too? Yes. But now it seems they're going to pull out of the agreement, which is concerning because it might raise questions about how they will moderate content and to a wider degree safeguarding in general of their users. We've mentioned a few times on this podcast about Elon Musk's mass firing of content moderators. Now we have this takesy-backsy, essentially on a promise to fight the spread of maliciously false content. Okay, so for young people on Twitter, Natalie, what could this mean risk-wise? Risk-wise, Colin? Young people using Twitter are potentially going to be exposed to not only a lot more false and confusing information, but also more bots, more spam, more scams. All of which can be difficult to spot, particularly since the rise of AI. Oh, yes. And for a young person, it could be especially tricky to figure out if something or someone is fake or has malicious intentions. And unfortunately, with spam bots, we have seen people making those bots to spread inappropriate content, such as sexually graphic images and videos. Now, it does sound like this is something that could really change the landscape of Twitter in the future. Yes, and very much something that we will be monitoring to see if the level of risk increases or if there's any significant impact. Okay, thanks, Natalie. Now, let's move on to Snapchat. Snapchat have announced the launch of a new AI feature for their paid users. Snap Plus subscribers will be able to send snaps in the in-app chatbot and receive a generated snapback of a related image. So, for example, you might send the bot a photo of your pet dog and it might send back an equally cute dog photo. Or if you send a photo of your vegetables, the AI bot might send back a recipe suggesting using the vegetables shown as ingredients. And although it's not launched yet, there are concerns about what harmful images could potentially be generated, as there has been many stories about AI's accuracy and safety. Again, this is something that our researchers will be actively investigating, and you can be sure we'll keep you in the loop. And now over to WhatsApp. 
who have announced that they will be adding a new feature to the social messaging platform, the ability to edit messages for up to 15 minutes after sending them. Now, the feature has already been made available for some users, but will be rolling out to all very soon. So if you've got a young WhatsApp user in your house, they may already have access to this feature. Now, I'm thinking this will be useful for correcting spelling mistakes or if you've sent a message to the wrong mm. person. We've all been there. But Colin, are there some ways this could be misused? Natalie, absolutely. And those ways are what I'm worried about. If users can send a message and then edit it, that opens the door for some quite dark and dangerous uses of the feature. For example, a bully or a predator sending a message and then editing it before the victim gets a chance to show it to someone or screenshot it. And we already know that with WhatsApp being end-to-end -end encrypted, meaning third parties can't view messages sent between users, it makes it more difficult for relevant authorities to view potentially harmful material. So authorities certainly won't be able to see what was in the message originally before it was edited. Colin, do you have any advice for parents and carers listening who might be quite concerned about this new feature? Well, yes, I think I would first advise, first and foremost, is having that open conversation with your child. Now, I know when it comes to online safety, that can feel a little bit like a cliche, but it gives you the opportunity to mention that you've heard about the feature on the news, which is an easy, it's a natural way to bring up the topic. Then you can have that conversation about what the risks, maybe ask them what they think the risks might be and what they would do if someone sent them an unkind or inappropriate message or a friend an unkind or inappropriate message or maybe asks them to send photos. Yes, and asking them what they would do is the perfect moment to reinforce what they should do and who they can talk to. For example, their parents, carers or one of their trusted adults, like a teacher or relative. Absolutely, a really perfect moment to reinforce those messages. And I'd also make sure to mention that people can still screenshot the message before it's edited. So whether you're sending an image or a mean message to someone you don't like, or personal information like an address or a password, even if the person you're sending it to says, oh, you can edit that out again, so don't worry, there's never a guarantee that they're telling the truth. So it's important that your child is already aware that once the message is sent, having an edit feature means nothing if someone has taken a screenshot. Great advice there, Colin. Thank you. OK, I want to talk now about some new stats that have been released this week from Childline about exam stress. It is that time of year. It is. And here in the UK, the sun has been shining, which always reminds me of exam time too. Revising, in the sunshine, in the garden. Or staring at the window in the exam hall, wishing it was all over. <laughs> yeah, that too. But no matter what the weather was like, I think we can also remember what a stressful time exam season is, which is reflected in these new statistics from Childline. In the last year, they have delivered over 2,000 counselling sessions to pupils struggling with exam stress. Now, would that be a standard amount of sessions that they would normally deliver? Sadly not, no. That's actually a 10% rise from the year before. That's a significant amount. Yes, it is. Childline have said that some students were worried about the impact of learning disruptions from the pandemic, in particular how the pandemic affected their ability to cope with pressure and their performance. They also encountered children struggling with their mental health and family expectations. 
That's a lot of worries for a young person to be shouldering. Plus, for children who are about to move to their next stage in their education, such as primary school pupils moving on to secondary, that could also be playing on their minds also. Absolutely. And that's a really big change with lots of new faces in a new place. Now, Colin, I know you're part of the Unique Furniture here, but I remember when I first started, I was nervous on my first day. Mm. I'm not sure if I should take that as a compliment or not furniture. Uh, But yes, even as a new adult in new places and people are nerve-wracking. So that on top of exam stress and result worries, what can parents, carers and the school community do to help? Being there to talk to and listening is number one. Knowing how to ask open questions and how to receive a young person talking about their worries without getting worked up yourself or dismissing their concerns. Also knowing when to talk. It's important to choose your moment. Talking during car journeys is always good. Basically, avoid saying, let's sit down and talk, and directing them to the kitchen table. That's a bit scary. Then also knowing the signs to look out for that they're stressed, such as changes in eating or sleeping habits, acting out of character, or being very negative and down about the future. And luckily, Natalie, we've put all of this together on our most recent article, because actually, I agree, car journeys are really an important time to take, but also that sometimes young people just don't want to talk. They want some space. So actually um, creating multiple environments and, and actually trying again, not being put off the first time, again, if a young person doesn't want to talk is really important. And again, that's why we've put lots of this advice into an article, isn't it? It absolutely is. Great advice there. There's lots more advice on there too about this topic, so it's worth going to read. Listeners, you can find it on our website in our online safety section at anique.com and also in our Safer Schools and Safeguarding apps. There's also a shareable that you can read, download and share, so I'd encourage you to do that, especially as you don't know who on your social media might be going through this themselves or with their child, and it could be really helpful. Very good point. And also, you could share this podcast with them as well. Okay, I just want to give our listeners a very quick update on a topic we've talked about a few times now, and that's vaping. We've talked about this before because vaping has been on the rise amongst young people, and we've been particularly concerned about vaping being advertised on social media by influencers. But this week, Natalie, the Prime Minister has announced that there's going to be a review into banning retailers from selling vapes, including nicotine-free vapes to anyone under 18. And there's also going to be a review on the laws on issuing fines to shops who do sell them to children. There will also be dedicated police school liaison officers to help keep illegal vapes out of school. Positive news there. Absolutely. And really positive news is that they are looking into how that they suspend the marketing of this online. But that isn't going to be easy. However, some positive news. And speaking of... Yes, positive news. Our safeguarding success story of the week. This week, our story is about using tech for good, which is something we love doing here at Anique. It's the news that a mobile phone app has been created to help children overcome a lazy eye condition. The app has been created by eye specialists, mathematicians and app designers and uses complex programming to check if a user is using their eye patch correctly. 
With around one in 50 children having this visual impairment, it sounds like this app is great news indeed. Fantastic stuff. It's always a good reminder that technology can also be used for good. Well, that's all from us for this week. But remember, you can find us on social media by searching for a Nick Safeguarding Group or Safer Schools. And you can also sign up to our safeguarding hub by visiting anique.com. Until next time, stay, stay safe. safe.